0: You're listening to Spaghetti Heads Podcast. Hey, listeners. Okay, so today we have a very interesting subject matter to discuss something relevant i would say oh so relevant extremely relevant um it's always good to learn you know history repeating itself is an interesting thing and we are going to discuss the 1918 flu pandemic um because of its impact the 1918 flu pandemic is sometimes referred to as the mother of all pandemics so it's kind of the the mother it's the mother. It's it's the the OG really. Can
1: we please just call it that? From- the OG.
0: Yeah. Um, all of the all the data we're going to talk about and all of the we're going to go through the timeline. We're going to focus on the United States because this thing there was so much information. I mean, this is very fascinating yeah. and very overwhelming. There was so much information. It would we would be going on for literally hours if we did globally. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna kind of focus on like the U S. and like how the U S. was affected specifically, um, Cause but that's where we live. Yeah, I mean, if you can't tell by our great U S. accents, we are in the U S. of A. and so this is relevant to us. Um, so yeah, the the 1918 pandemic is. Um, Actually, it's still used to study um, viruses and other influenza, influenza, influenza influenza viruses, influenza Influenza viruses today. Um, If you're unfamiliar, you may have heard this pandemic referred to as the Spanish flu. Um, But there's actually no universal consensus about the geographical origin of the virus itself. Um, they do know that it likely did not actually originate in Spain, but the reason why it's commonly referred to as the Spanish flu is because news coverage of news coverage in Spain did not have wartime blackout aka all of the countries involved in World War I at the time, their headlines were focused on that so Wait. in Spain go ahead. So
1: uh what wartime blackouts like there was no news broadcast is that what you mean?
0: In Spain there were no World War 1 headlines oh, or they were okay. not as concentrated. World, uh, Spain was actually neutral during World War 1. Okay. So like it, it's kind of like their that was their big news.
1: Was, oh, okay.
0: Their big news was this this illness whereas most of the rest of Europe, and large portions of Asia and the United States, the the number one top news was World War One. The war, so, all, right? Yeah. So the CDC and all of this information, like I said, is from the CDC website. Um, that's the way they referred to it was wartime news blackouts, aka World War One, kind of eclipsed any news coverage that would have been regarding this um, virus. So the first country to kind of put this out there was Spain. At the time, of course, then people are thinking that's where it originated. It got the name Spanish flu. We know that that's not true. We're not going to call it that. So for the remainder of the podcast, we're just going to refer to it as the 1918 flu pandemic. Or OG. Or the OG. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another interesting thing just to know in the back of your mind, like as we're kind of going through the whole timeline, is that and this may be obvious, but it's something interesting to think about. People really did not know what was going on with the illness itself. They didn't understand much about it. Um, so there's a segment on the CDC website called Ask a CDC Scientist. Pause. I love this. Um, was so about this. It was so interesting. I feel that the CDC needs to have, like, a Dear Abby with, like, with CDC Aww, scientists. Wait. Yeah. Like, you, could, you know, like, you could write yeah. in and be like, you know – my hands are dry from washing them, you know. <laughs> sincerely stuck at home, and then, you know, CDC scientists can write back, you know, dear stuck at home, and it just it would be a really good
1: try uh, Aquapor
0: right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, great. That's that's not an ad. It's just the best sponsor. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this segment on the CDC website is called Ask a CDC Scientist. It's an interview with uh, Dr. Terrence Tumpey. Love the name.
1: Oh, my God. Love um, that.
0: It's, yeah, really good alliteration Can there. we call so him doc- Tumps? Dr. Terrence Tumpey said uh, that clinicians and scientists at the time were grappling with many unknowns. And what added to the confusion was the erroneous belief that the disease was caused by a bacterium, not a virus. It wasn't for another 30 years that people would understand that the 1918 pandemic virus was actually an influenza A H1N1 virus. So the whole time that this is going on, they think it's a bacteria. Ugh. And they don't even know that it was a virus or what kind of virus it oh was for 30 gosh. more years. So just kind of interesting. Years. For 30, 30, well, yeah, Thir- sure. 30, 30 more, 30, 30. additional. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 but yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. enough. We're splitting. <laughs> um, no, but that's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about, you know, we think about all that we have going on right now. Hashtag coronavirus. Right. And we know what it is at the least. I mean, we've got pictures of it. So right. keeping everything in a perspective, you know, we always want to learn from our history, from our past, but also remembering, you know what a different position we're in today. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too as we, as we go. But we're gonna start with the kind of timeline of the whole thing as it pertains to the United States.
1: Timeline of the OG. Go. Of the
0: OG pandemic. Um, so a few years before this, we're gonna talk about kind of like what's going on in the world, right? So mm-hmm. July 28th of 1914, World War I begins president of the united states at the time president woodrow wilson was determined to keep the u.s out of world war one he was very much about like world peace peace love and happiness everyone getting along he doesn't want america to get involved we love him um, for this you know he's all about it he's all about everybody getting getting along together singing songs around the campfire um and many americans agreed with his decision to try to remain neutral however On April 6, 1917, after years of trying and attempting to remain neutral in the war, the U.S. did end up joining its allies, Britain, France, and Russia, to fight in World War I after Germany sank many uh, American merchant ships around the British Isles via unrestricted submarine warfare. Sounds very intense. Sounds like they broke some rules.
1: I'm still... In my head, I'm still back to that part where you said, like, peace, love, happiness. Like, I'm in a van in my head during this time. Right.
0: Well, there, there may have been. mm, Were there vans? No. There were like, I don't know. Were they like? This wasn't the '60s.
1: Okay. No. no, Well, I'm good. I'm with you. But you're
0: thinking. You're giving. You're you're getting the image. Right. Of trying to be peace. Circa
1: circa 1917.
0: Correct. He was ahead of his time okay woodrow was just born in the wrong era love it so anyways um germany's whole goal in this unrestricted submarine warfare plan of theirs they wanted to defeat the british before the u.s had a chance to mobilize i guess they were scared of the u.s they were like let's kick britain's ass before you know the u.s decides to join this fight you know let's try Mm -hmm. to win the war whatever Um, but really all they did was provoke the U.S. into joining the war and they also ended up severing their diplomatic ties between the U.S. and Berlin. So it was a bad move all around um, is really what it sounds like it was just not they didn't think this one through.
1: Nope.
0: Um, and then it's important to note, too, at this point. So at the, at the time the U.S. was entering World War One, the United States Army had 378,000 members of the armed services. Um, so by June... They did issue a draft to increase the number of active duty military um, so that we could have a strong army for entering World War I. Um, so fast forward about a year after we've joined the, the World War I. We're in March of 1918. So there's an outbreak of illness that is detected with more than 100 soldiers at a, uh, a military camp called Camp Funston. Sounds sorry, like not...
1: what, what year is this? This is
0: 1918, so it's a year later.
1: So this is after... I'm still stuck on the 30 years that they would understand. Right. So this well, is the 30 years later? No, 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 no. Okay, sorry. This
0: is... This is just the first outbreak of the illness. Okay. I'm following. Sorry. So, no, no, no. You're good. So, like, during everything I'm about to talk about, the whole mm-hmm. three, this, this, there were three phases of outbreaks in this pandemic.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And they had no idea the entire time that it was a virus. So, this the is UNO. Time, it was what?
1: This is, this is outbreak number UNO.
0: This is, yeah, this is phase one of, of outbreak <laughs> one. <laughs> phase <laughs> one, outbreak one. Okay. <laughs> So it's a year after we've joined World War I, and we've got this army camp in Fort Riley, Texas, called Camp Funston. Hey listeners, this is Jules working on edits here, and I just wanted to put in a quick note. There was a typo in my outline. Fort Riley actually was in Kansas, not Texas. No idea why I wrote Texas down instead of Kansas. Um, But yeah, as we're moving forward here, just keep in mind, Fort Riley was in the state of Kansas. Uh, anyways, back to the plot. Sounds not Doesn't fun. Doesn't sound fun. Doesn't sound <laughs> fun. A um, hundred soldiers at Camp Funston get sick. And within oh. one week, 500 soldiers are sick. Stop. It was from a hundred to <gasps> five hundred in one week. No. Um, these sick men uh, who experienced mostly men, who experienced uh, this illness, they had typical flu type symptoms that we know today. Chills, fever, fatigue, and they usually did recover after several days. Um, the number of reported deaths from this illness was pretty low, um, but there was actually no mention or reporting of any outbreak um, until a April fifth weekly public health report. Um, but it only informed officials of eighteen severe cases and three deaths out in, of five hundred. And well, in Haskell, T- Kansas, and I oh. I tried, like I said, I wanted to use the CDC as like our resource for this mm-hmm. information, just because oh, yeah. I feel like it's a Incredible. reliable, yeah, yeah. credible source. There wasn't a lot of clarity here, you know, because it mentions the outbreak of the soldiers in Fort Riley, Texas, and then it mentions the cases that were reported in Kansas, it doesn't uh, specify whether or not okay. that was at another um, training camp. I, I there was no clarity there. Right. It just mentions that that is the first like official recorded. report were the numbers again? Cases. They reported 18 severe cases of illness and three deaths, okay. the week of April 5th. Okay. Um, and then by May, you've got hundreds. Hundreds of thousands of U.S. soldiers going across the Atlantic Ocean each month as they're being deployed for World World War I. While this is happening. While this is happening. Oh, my God. Um, So, summer comes and goes. We're kind of end of summer, beginning of fall. It's September. And a second wave of this illness emerges in Boston at a U.S. Army camp called Camp Devons and at a naval facility both within uh, the Boston area. And by the end of September, more than 14,000 cases of this illness are reported, resulting in 757 deaths. (gasps) Um, The second wave is actually a lot more severe uh, when it comes to symptoms. Right. So it kind of came back with a vengeance, right?
1: Oh, my Um, God.
0: At this point, victims are actually dying within hours or days of developing symptoms. (gasps) Their skin is turning blue and their lungs are filling with Stop. fluid that causes them to suffocate. Julie. It's frightening. It's. This is, it's, this is a nightmare. It's very scary. I think they've probably I'm thinking, made movies and, about and it.
1: And I'm thinking back, like, my grandparents were, like, my grandpa was born in 1914. So, mm-hmm. like, granted, he was four years old and he was living in, like, Podunk Town in Florida. So, like, he, he I'm sure no one he knew was probably coming in contact with this. But, like it's just terrifying to think that like we had, I mean, obviously everyone had relatives around at this time, but it's just scary.
0: It is really scary. And the other thing, my husband is a critical care nurse. So he's working in the front line lines right now um, for all of this craziness we have going on right now with COVID-19. And I actually, I, I sat with him yesterday and we went through like, all of this. I mean, he was like really fascinated. It was also a lot of fun trying to um, ask him to help me pronounce some of the like, I was going to ask, did you have a list of like, well, (laughs) so you were like, Brandon, can you? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I, and there were some things that I had to ask him and I even told him, I was like, man, I wish you were not working when we record this. So we could ask you to explain this again. But I asked him to explain to me the H1N1, what that means because i feel like i hear that, that all the time you hear it a lot and it is how i guess different flu viruses are categorized
1: by strains right? listen
0: he explained this to me <laughs> three times
1: you're like i'm not the one you need to be asking
0: questions it to. didn't stick like he kept saying the words over I, and over and I, I feel I was for like, him
1: i'm i'm sure he was probably frustrated I'm
0: oh just... he's like listen this is, this is why it's called, I mean, and he's the kind of science brain, right? Like he's right. a nurse. like he knows what he's doing. Anyways, it's very confusing. Um, but it was, it was interesting when I was sitting with him yesterday, we're going of going through all this stuff. And um, when I mentioned, when I mentioned the, their skin turning blue, their lungs filling with fluid that causes them to suffocate, he just mentioned, he's like, yeah, you know, it sounds familiar. Now these are of course two different viruses we're talking about coronavirus and this oh he was um, he said it was
1: familiar to
0: corona the fact that victims are dying within hours or days of developing symptoms I thought you meant the blue
1: thing I was like what
0: that to me it sounds kind of like um where it says their skin turning blue personally I asked him about that and he was kind of like you know no not really I don't know if that was maybe something that was like, you know, blasted in newspapers. And so it's like, right. you know, reported symptoms or uh, results of the people that are getting sick. And because that's what was, you know, reported at the time, who knows if literally their skin turned blue, maybe. Um,
1: but that is scary that like, he, cause he's, he's there every day. He's taking care of people that have COVID right nineteen. Yeah. So it's like, and he's like, oh yeah, sounds similar, like so casual.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really, really crazy. He was saying that he will go in for his shift in the morning and his patients, you know, they don't feel great. They're Mm -hmm. there for a reason. They don't Mm -hmm. feel good. Um, But they go from breathing what he calls room air, which means they're just breathing like normal, like the air that's in the room, to being intubated and on a ventilator by the end of the day. (gasps) Like he says they just, they are decreasing. Are you going to get
1: into that later? I don't want to ask you for I'm going to hold
0: not necessarily. You can ask me a question about it. Okay. I, I'll tell you. I, I don't know if I'll have an answer. I, yeah, I gonna.
1: really do wish he was here on this one. I know. Maybe,
0: I wish that he had been. Maybe we can have him. We can know, do like a Q and or something. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. We could we can maybe do a follow up episode on this because it is really interesting and it's really relevant. But um, yeah. I mean, basically, you know, as he's been talking about it and the patients he's been seeing, at the end of the day, you know, he's saying That's all so the same scary. things everyone else is, wash your hands. You know, stay inside. And if you are sick and you feel that you are having trouble breathing, you need to go to the hospital for sure.
1: Like, and and I love hearing that from you because knowing Brandon personally, he's the most casual human being I've ever met. Oh yeah, and, he is. And I can see him saying this, like sitting on the couch, one foot on the coffee table, beer in hand. Like, yeah, man, just wash your hands. Like, yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah, well, he's
0: and he's not a <laughs> proponent of panic. You know, like. Right. I've been wearing a face mask to the grocery store and he was saying that um a couple things that he found that one of the reasons he feels it is helpful to do, it's not necessarily because you know of course they're not gonna protect you the same way an N95 mask is gonna protect you, right? right? But it will keep you from touching your face without thinking about it or touching your mouth or touching your nose while you're in the store. Same thing, wearing glasses. If you wear glasses, just wear them to the store because it will literally block you from touching your eyes, your nose, or your mouth if you wear glasses and a mask. So, you know, everybody's going to take the precautions they're comfortable with. Of course, I think everybody needs to do everything they can to stop the spread of this virus because even right. if, you know you feel that you're not and that's the other thing that you know he drives home is he's like yeah you know we're young we're fairly healthy our risk is very low but like you don't know who you could come in contact with that you could cause harm to someone else and so think Ugh. of other people yeah. you know
1: um, okay we're gonna pick that subject back up i know we're gonna pick that because sub- yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good one
0: yeah but this but it is interesting that the second wave of this 1918 pandemic virus came back with a vengeance and Mm -hmm. like not to be scary. Like no one needs to panic. It is a little scary. I mean, it should, you should be a little scared, not like, you know, don't freak out. But that is the other thing about this new novel coronavirus COVID-19 is they don't know enough about it. Similarly to this, it could come back fall in the fall and be worse. It could, it couldn't, we don't know. We all hope that everything we're doing now just makes it subside and, we can get a handle on it, but we just don't know. Right. So, um, so we're still in September of 1918 um, during the second wave that is occurring in, in Boston with the 14,000 flu cases reported and the 757 deaths. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the New York City Board of Health is requiring all flu cases. And of course, keep in mind, I'm going to be saying like flu cases. They weren't saying flu cases because they didn't know it was a flu
1: they still thought it was a bacterium they still
0: were thinking it was bacteria yeah or still trying to figure that out they had no idea it was a flu but there's the new york city board of health is saying all cases of this illness need to be isolated at home or in a hospital so that's interesting because that sounds pretty familiar hashtag quarantine right i'm in Um, it right now yeah (laughs) everyone's in it we're all familiar with this idea um but I haven't it's put, I haven't put a bra about.
1: on for what three and a half weeks.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like you're I not. I forgot even how really
1: to do good. makeup. Um, so yeah, yeah. Okay, it's sorry. Fun. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, we're talking March, April, May, June, July, August. Six to seven months after the initial outbreak, people are finally saying, "Okay, we need to report all these, and we need to use quarantine methods."
1: So six to seven months after the initial outbreak, for this one. And then I'm thinking back, when did COVID start? November. The longest month
0: of my life. Okay. Well, in the United States?
1: No. like Originally oh. started in November, right? In China?
0: Yes. But we're talking, if we're going to compare the two, like we're focusing on the U.S. So the oh. first case is in the U.S. for the 1918 pandemic Famous. or March. Took six or seven months for them to start telling people to quarantine. With ours, I think first cases in the U.S. may might have actually been January. January. Yeah. So and they start telling people to quarantine in March. So it's it is a shorter timeline. It's like half half. Like
1: in half. Yeah. Okay. Um.
0: Uh. So a month later in October, we have an additional 195 thousand Americans killed by this Mm. pandemic.
1: What?
0: The U.S. actually starts to experience a severe shortage of professional nurses.
1: Wait, a month later?
0: Yeah. (gasps) So the next month, we've got 195,000 Americans killed by the flu pandemic. Yeah. That's a city. Yeah. It's a lot. And it's fast. And we no. have now this severe shortage of nurses because many of the nursing professionals are deployed abroad into military camps because Or they're getting it one.
1: themselves and then passing away.
0: Right. Which brings me oh my God, to no. my next little tidbit a lot of healthcare facilities, even mm-hmm. though there was a nursing yeah. shortage, failed to utilize trained professional nurses who were African American because For they're racist assholes. What? Oh, okay right oh okay so you know and that's something it's like you know do you even dignify this with
1: like everything that's coming after this point like i can just
0: i mean we're not surprised right like we Mm. we know we know the history of our country we know right the role that racism has played—the right,
1: unfortunate history, yeah,
0: yeah—the unfortunate history. We're going to mention it because we're not going to forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, we need it needs to be brought up. It needs to be called out. Um, but it's completely unacceptable, obviously. Um, and you know, we're not going to scapegoat with it with a different time because these were trained professional nurses that were not being utilized to save lives. So and what were they, they doing care. at
1: that time? Were they in the quarantine or?
0: It didn't say. Okay. There was I, I couldn't find any information. I mean, I just think that it was you know, healthcare facilities, hospitals, doctors' offices didn't want to hire black Americans because of yeah. the color of their skin, even if they could help keep keep people alive. Um so and then at this point, <laughs> the Chicago chapter of the Red Cross decides to issue an urgent call for volunteers to help nurse the ill. Stop. <gasps> So just, let's just imagine if that was happening today. Right. Volunteers, but they would, they, they would prefer just unskilled volunteers to help nurse these people. Um, and there was a nursing shortage, so that was not good. You could, Um, you,
1: you should see my face right now.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not ideal. For those that don't
1: know, we're long distance.
0: Oh, yeah. So we're not sitting in the same room. We totally did not mention that. Uh, I'm like, um, you
1: should see my face.
0: Oh, my gosh. My... Okay. Sorry. I my can hear is, Murphy.
1: Is he scratching? Yes!
0: Is he okay? He's, he's, he's doing this thing where every time I'm on the phone recently, which is not great because the one day of work that I'm working, because also hashtag reduced work week, um, every time I'm on the phone, he stares at me (laughs) and i don't know okay that sound it doesn't
1: sound as bad as it probably is i'm sure
0: well i'm just afraid he's gonna start barking any second i don't know what he wants though so we're gonna just try to ignore him okay Okay. well you
1: know freedom of speech just yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so at this point are we in october still we are in october we're only eight months from the first outbreak in texas and philadelphia is hit hard with more than 500 corpses waiting burial Oh, some are waiting more than a week. What?
1: What? Wait. So in, in, in October? In October. So it's not like, okay, this is, this is gross. I'm really sorry. We're going to pause here. So like, it's not
0: hot. Um, well, they decide to use cold storage plants oh, okay. to store or er, They decide to use cold storage plants as temporary morgues. Thank God for that, because I'm sure there were no more perishables. As um, as well. Right. <laughs> so the places where they're usually storing refrigerated and frozen foods, perishable items, they've decided to put bodies there because they don't know what else to do with them. Um, and then a trolley car manufacturer did donate 200 packing crates to be used as coffins, which is both... Very nice and generous of them and very sad that there are people buried um, that died of this illness that didn't get a true coffin burial, okay. which, is, which is crazy. It's
1: really sad.
0: Um, <clears throat> at this point, so we're still in October, many cities across the U.S. decide to close theaters, movie houses, and prevent social gatherings. Once again, sounds familiar. Sounds a little late. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> does sound familiar. Um, and the San Francisco Board of Health starts requiring any person that is serving the public to wear a mask. And they issue recommendations to all residents to wear masks also when they go in public.
1: So that's like people serving food, maybe, maybe like bank tellers.
0: Yeah. And I thought okay. this was interesting because this is something we haven't seen.
1: I know. I was just thinking that. When you said it, I was like, I went to Publix the other day and...
0: Publix, we're in Florida. Publix is a grocery store.
1: It's It's more than just a grocery store, Julie.
0: It's where shopping is a pleasure. It's (laughs) Usually.
1: (laughs) You completed my entire statement. (laughs) Um, So, but you know, I haven't seen any, and like, and I feel like an asshole when I go to get my receipt from them before I leave because they hand it to me and I'm like, I don't want to touch your hand. So I just, like, I grab it from their hand with, like, my pointer finger and my thumb.
0: And have you like, tried digital Beep. receipts? Do you know what you that know, is? You know,
1: I don't, okay. You know what? Do you want to just keep going with your story? Because I, I have no time for for, for criticism on my my, <laughs> my my paper usage right now.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. So that's October 1918. So November 11th, 1918, big date, World War I officially ends. and Just people be- in time
1: for Thanksgiving. Just in
0: time for Thanksgiving, people begin to celebrate and soldiers start to demobilize. And it's also just a really interesting and important factoid here. Factoid. Um, the U.S. Army has increased from 378,000 soldiers to 4.7 million soldiers. Because of World War One,
1: the army, as it like itself, when the war ended, was larger than it was when it began.
0: Yes, that much. That's larger. understandable. It's a lot of soldiers. I mean, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. It is a lot. You're right. Um. So, by December, public health officials start to begin public education programs about the dangers of coughing and sneezing, which I find kind of hilarious in a way. I want to know more about these programs. What
1: were they? I'm sure we can find a video somewhere, right?
0: Like I, like I- Of like someone,
1: someone in a Publix circa 1918 sneezing and someone running away being like, no!
0: Right. I picture like those training videos you know, you take for your corporate job yes. that were, like, filmed in, yes. you know, 1996.
1: And all of a sudden, the, the the desk, like, the desk and chair combo from high school pops out, and you're, like, in a classroom, and there's, like, a projection screen.
0: It's important to note, Elizabeth and I both, we'll call it present tense for the moment, work in the hospitality industry. We're both on severely reduced work weeks, hence the time to start this podcast. Perfect and timing. Um, we've seen a number of training videos require, you know, regarding sanitation and hand-washing and sneezing and they're always hilarious. And
1: over-serving alcohol.
0: And well... Hips training. Yes. <laughs> <But> <laughs> specifically regarding sanitation. So I always, I have this very good visual in my mind of someone sneezing, like, very dramatically and, like, causing a great and, like, alarm it going into a
1: slow-mo zoom-in circle. Like, this, like, no, I the like Bill Nye, the yeah. science guy, zoom-in. Uh, yeah. oh,
0: exactly. Man, I'm really bringing it back. Um, so, yeah, they start to release this public education uh, about the dangers of coughing and sneezing. The Committee of American Public Health Association Encourages stores and factories to stagger um, opening and closing hours, which we—I don't know that we've seen as much of that. I know that we. What do they? What do they
1: mean by that? Like,
0: I think they mean like um, uh, different types of, and and like that's the thing. There like, was only so much information I could get on this. Right. I would assume that they're just saying stores are not necessarily open every day at the normal nine to five like maybe reducing their hours or being or open. like monday
1: wednesday friday they open at nine and they close at five and then like tuesdays and thursdays they open at like 3 p.m and they're open and they close at like 2 a.m or something
0: right okay. i'm not i'm not really sure what that does to help um and i don't know there wasn't really a lot of it's probably just
1: helpful from from a labor standpoint
0: probably yeah, um, I couldn't or maybe it encourages people, you know, to shop on off hours or oh, you know, and okay. maybe just reduce the crowds at different stores. I, I, I didn't find yeah. any information on whether or not they closed like essential businesses as we have experienced. OK, so I don't know if bars and restaurants were open. I don't know if like clothing stores were open. I'm not really not really sure about all that. Um, they also start to encourage people to walk to work rather than use public transportation to get to work. Obviously, working remotely was not a thing. Duh. Um, and cars were just sort of becoming a middle-class staple. Also, the middle-class, I, I believe from what I read, was doing like pretty well at the time. So I do think a lot of people did have cars, but it okay. wasn't something like you see today with so many cars available. So I think a lot of people were using public transportation to get to work um so they encourage people to walk rather than rather than take trolleys and buses and things like that trolleys i don't know if they had buses <sighs> trolleys adorable um so we're talking now winter 1918 spring of <clears throat> 1919 big peak in the third wave of this pandemic so we've got Gee, wave how many now.
1: waves are there three
0: we are in the last one when the final <gasps> i'm stretch. exhausted it's exhausting and frightening <sighs> Um, So in San Francisco, 1,800 cases and 101 deaths are reported in the first five days of January. Wait. How many deaths? 101. Okay. In the first five days of January. Um, It mentioned on the CDC website that it was, I guess this is relevant, that citizens specifically in San Antonio, Texas, began complaining that new flu cases weren't actually being reported um that's interesting it is interesting and another sort of sidebar on something I've just heard my husband mention um there is a um it it appears that there is a degree of false negatives with coronavirus testing like you get somebody that gosh and like I said I really wish he was here right now to explain this the the nose swab test
1: So that's terrifying because I have a girlfriend and Julie, you know, her, um, she just had a baby and, um, she was showing symptoms, but she also has an autoimmune deficiency that she's had since she was a baby. So it makes her, obviously she's more susceptible to illness and she was having symptoms and she was texting me. She's like, I honestly feel like I just have a sinus infection, but I'm going to the doctor anyway. And she texted me like three hours later, and she was like, "They're testing me for COVID." And they tested her, and luckily, I mean, it came back negative. But that's terrifying because what if she was positive? Because she, her, her, literally, her baby just turned two months old the other day. So what now,
0: they're, what they're doing, and I'm not a medical professional, so I'm I really might be butchering this, and I'm so sorry. Right. Um, they're testing using the nose swab test and if they're coming back negative and they really feel the patient showing all of the symptoms, fever, dry cough, trouble breathing, um, they are, I think they're um, taking Like holding samples. them
1: overnight or something?
0: Well, yeah, but they're, they're taking samples of fluid from their lungs, I okay. think.
1: Okay. Okay. And then
0: it's showing up positive on that more that makes invasive sense. test. Right, But that's what I'm saying is frightening about they're finding out they do have it from a more invasive procedure, you know, when the nose right. swab test is coming back negative. So that that's a little, you know, just something to put out there, you know, that it's a little scary that the, the testing is not. And, of course, you can get false negatives, false positives with a lot of different types of tests. So that's, you know, nothing unusual. Um, but it's something to take into consideration. Right. And it does affect... Potentially the number of cases that are being reported because you could have in the somebody, data. Yeah. Right. You can have somebody that goes in, gets tested for coronavirus, comes back negative. Maybe they really did have it. It's a mild case. They go home, they recover in a week and they just think that it was a cold, but it was coronavirus and then never actually gets reported. So yeah, the people in San Antonio in the spring of 1919 are starting to complain that they feel like the numbers aren't right. Um, and the fear with that is that it's not going to help stop the spread if we don't actually know how many people have it right yeah um and in in new york city uh 706 cases and 67 additional deaths are reported so new york starts kind of freaking out because they were affected in a previous wave of this pandemic and they're like oh my gosh is it coming back so just kind of starts getting people start getting a little hysterical again about this so february illinois passes a bill to create a one-year course to become a practical nurse in order to address the nursing shortage that the pandemic had exposed.
1: One-year course.
0: A one-year course, and I found this. <gasps> well, I found this really interesting.
1: Well, I guess they're calling it something different, right? It's a practical nurse. It's not a You'd be a
0: practical nurse. And okay. today there is such thing as a licensed practical nurse. I don't exactly know what um, the qualifications are, but do believe you have your associates in nursing. And then you go on additional CE, I believe, continuing education to be able to become an LPN. But LPNs are amazing and they do fantastic work in healthcare. And right. it is sort of a, um, it's just a shorter path. You know, no, to get yeah. There.
1: I think I just, I think when you said that, I didn't hear the practical part at first. And it, then it registered later because, you know, I have that like selective hearing. <laughs> <laughs> And the practical came to me after you made your statement. And I was like, one year course to be a registered nurse. That would be a little
0: scary. Um, What I find interesting about this, though, because I know it takes more than a year to become a licensed practical nurse. I know it takes more than a year to become an LPN. Right. Um, And but I wonder, and I I didn't have time to do as much digging into this. I was wondering if this was potentially like a gateway to, to getting there, though. Oh, like within the field of nursing, like, did this, is this what started that? Right. You know, making nursing more accessible for people that Mm -hmm. want to help and want to work in the nursing field. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think it's great. And so, um, yeah, which is a really interesting kind of a positive thing, you know, that came about it. And then by the summer of 1919, the 1918 influenza pandemic finally subsides. So it doesn't go away. But it does subside, you know, where it's no longer at pandemic level by the summer of 1919. And that's the timeline. I mean, I'm lot. spooked.
1: I'm shook, it's, it's honestly. It's spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> it's spooky. So I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm thinking about this timeline and you set a lot of very familiar months. Like we focused a lot on the month of March mm-hmm. and then it really terrified that me that we were focusing on september and october gonna be honest like from a personal standpoint me having to reschedule my wedding from may of this year of 2020 into the fall i'm like i i I have no words
0: yeah try not to think about that yet
1: okay sorry
0: no i'm gonna hold your hand Okay. I'm a hold. I'm a hold If we have to reschedule again,
1: I'm like, okay, November 11th of 1918, World War One ends, and then, <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, and technically, uh, if it's exactly the same, you'd be good. Uh,
1: i would really. be Gucci. Yeah, only be by a few days.
0: Um, yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting that it, you know, seemed to come back. Yeah. And um.
1: And is that? Do you think that's why? Okay. So this is this is going to sound awful because. I've, I have kind of been censoring myself from news and certain outlets during this time with, with coronavirus. I've been just trying to, like, focus on, like, self-care. Yeah, self-care, self-preservation. Like I think that's I just have, I've just been trying to censor myself because I feel like if I don't, there's going to be a level of stress that's going to hit me where, like, I will not be able to sleep. Truly. Yeah. So, like, this is going to be a dumb question, but based on this... It scares me that it's going to come back this fall. But is that what's projecting currently? Like, are you up to date with what's going on with COVID? Because I'm not.
0: They just don't know. Okay. It's the, I mean, as far as that goes, it's the same. And that, and, and I'll, you know, get into a little bit. I, I touch on a few of the similarities, differences, things like that. Um, but I think that that's the important thing about not minimizing the situation that we're in now. Because, you know, people saying, oh, it'll go away by the summer, you know. Well, yeah, sure. Historically, this 1918 pandemic, it did seem to kind of subside in summer times, but then it comes back. It did it twice. So, um, or it subsided in the summer, came back in the fall, then came, and then kind of subsided and came back again, you know, a few months later and then subsided. And it is important to know, and I touch, I touch on this, I'm going to go through a couple of stats, but it's relevant. So, um, the virus, it subsided. In the summer of 1919, but it did continue to circulate seasonally for 38 more years. Oh, my God. That particular strain. So, kind of like how we have flu season now. Like, from what I understand, from what I read, our flu that we have now is like a distant relative of this flu, I think. I could so be wrong, but I... You know, of course, this is me and my non-science brain, like, trying to understand science. Science is so not my strength. I always wished it was. Loved everything science as a kid. Right. <clears throat> science Fair did it every year. Like, just it wasn't for me. It was not my journey.
1: Um, do you remember when I wanted to be a marine biologist? Yeah. And then I was like, wait. You were like, science. save
0: the dolphins. I can't. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I can't. Science.
0: Yeah, science is not my thing. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing with with COVID-19 is the thought is, you know, it's not going to just go away. Mm -hmm. It's, we hope it subsides, and then we hope it just kind of circulates seasonally like a flu would, and not in the numbers that it does now, but um, yeah, it's very unlikely just to kind of disappear into the night and to never be seen again. And then we just kind of
1: hope that no one else is going to just take a break with a little bat snack.
0: We don't we don't know that that's what caused it, but
1: yeah, I'm joking. That was a, that was, <laughs> that was <a> joke.
0: <laughs> so, okay, we have some really interesting stats. Oh, so you have, can't not, wait. Been, I can't you have wait. not been prepped with I these can't stats. Wait. Some of these are really good. So, in 1917, when the US was entering World War I, the average life expectancy Hold on to your pants. The I can't. average life expectancy um, in the US was 54 years old for women and 48 years old for men. Average life expectancy. You know, I kind of don't hate that. Well, it's nice that women were living longer, go us. But No, but it's
1: just like I like like you don't have to watch yourself just wither
0: away. Yeah, that's true. It's you leave a you, and potentially leaving a beautiful corpse, a more beautiful corpse. Um but oh my the God. a younger corpse, isn't that what they say? That's about you know never mind. So she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Um, <laughs> who gave her permission? So for the 1918 flu pandemic, there was a higher mortality rate in the 20 to 40 year age range. But then it's like, is that middle-aged? I don't know.
1: Interesting, oh. right? It's a weird
0: thing. <gasps> A weird thought i would be middle-aged pushing yeah lower middle-aged yeah maybe i don't know well not oh really God. well kind of 54 being average so yeah wake up
1: tomorrow and have some kind of crisis
0: well <laughs> the effects of the 1918 flu pandemic decreased the average life expectancy in the united states by 12 years They took the average life expectancy of men from 48 to 36 in a year. Now, let's remember how averages work, right? Cause, I, I forgot. Tell me. Well, <laughs> it's not saying that's like the top range of, you know, when you'll die. 36 is not that, the top. But you when you have people dying younger in that 20 to 40 year age range, probably a lot in their 20s, you've got... Think about—you've got younger guys that are in the army and the military fighting in World War One. A lot of them were the ones being infected because oh. they were traveling. Okay, so no, that makes sense. Yeah. It drops. It dropped that average life expectancy by the twelve years, but it's still—it's not a small number. It's, I mean, it's still a shocking number. It's still a shocking number. Yeah. Um. And then, according to the CDC, five hundred million people, or a third of the world's population at that time were reported infected with the virus now of course that's just like reported cases so that's kind of crazy the number of deaths was reported to be at least 50 million and 675,000 deaths were in the United States from this particular pandemic I don't know what the current because I know it literally changes every day and I just did not check Um, I don't know where we are with with coronavirus right now. but I don't I, think I anyone does. I didn't really want to, to compare. Yeah. Because also we're looking at 675 deaths total for this pandemic start to finish. Our si- situation is not over yet. Also, we have to keep remembering like we're comparing apples and oranges. Like, it really fruit, is. But they're yeah. different. So um, the 1918 influenza pandemic was caused by an H1N1 virus. With genes of the avian origin. Does that sound familiar?
1: If I say no, am I dumb?
0: No. The 2009 bird flu. <gasps> oh, yes. Was a distant relative of this 1918 pandemic. Okay, flu.
1: yes. Like aviation, birds.
0: Correct. So it was a bird flu. They both were, and they were apparently distantly related. Which explains a lot of the hysteria around right. 2000 Because I remember at the time, like, really not understanding um, why people were freaking out so much. But, like, knowing a that I was younger. Flu. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I was younger. Now, being a little older, understanding this. And understanding, I mean, people are parents' age probably heard their grandparents talk about, you know, the pandemic and how scary it was. And then... They're like, oh, it's a bird flu again, and there were probably a lot of references at that time to this pandemic and that, and that so just didn't
1: register. Yeah,
0: we didn't register for, with us for us. Yeah, we weren't really paying attention. So,
1: and that I actually thought about that the other day because I was like, I feel like, you know, for for our grandparents and our parents, it's like going back. Like, okay, there was the bird flu, there was a the swine flu, and then this is probably not as relevant but zika i feel like had a similar hysteria to the bird flu and the swine flu
0: yeah
1: do you remember zika yes okay so i just remember thinking like when when all of those were going on i just remember thinking like oh this doesn't affect me but like now we're in a situation where like COVID's affecting literally everyone yeah regardless of where you're traveling so and that's what was going on with the um the pandemic of 1918. So it's 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 just kind of
0: puts it in perspective. It does. It really does. Um, so you know, I mentioned that that H- that the H1N1 virus from 1918 continued to circulate for about 30 more years mm-hmm. or 38 more years. Um, so I had a little trouble understanding this personally. Didn't get a chance to ask my husband about it because he probably could have explained it. But according to the CDC website. It continued to circulate seasonally until it was replaced by newer flu viruses, like but they 19...
1: probably mutated,
0: right? Yeah, I guess um, maybe. I if don't. If
1: anyone listens to this episode, that's in like
0: they're gonna be a they're science gonna just realm or their like head. Yeah, the they're wall. just gonna
1: be like, I can't even listen. They're like, I really <laughs> wish
0: I could raise my hand and tell them what's going on. Um, <laughs> So in 1957, there was an H2N2 pandemic. And in 1968, there was an H3N2 pandemic. So H3N2? H3N2. I have no okay. idea what that means. Like I said, my husband tried to explain it to me literally like six times. And every time it's fine. he said it, I we'll just, like, just... When
1: Brandon gets home later, call me. We'll do a and a Just us Yeah. Three. Well,
0: just because just I know now you want to know. And I can't remember what he said. I'm dying. Yeah. I want to say, like, for some reason, and this is so wrong... The words glycemic index keep popping up into my head. Why? It, it, do, it has nothing to do with that. I think he said something, a word that started with the letter G and like it just that I don't even know what glycemic index is. So like, I don't know. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: Brandon is somewhere
1: like crying. Yeah. Right now he's like, oh my God.
0: I he's just believe. happy I'm good at math. It is amazing oh I'm I'm good at math and bad at science. Like I feel like usually that doesn't uh, happen, but I'm bad at both. I'm an enigma. But you're good at so many things. Sorry, I was drinking wine. Okay. Um <laughs> Took a big gulp there. Um oh, this is a good one. We're gonna tie it back to the ladies. Oh, um, the ladies. You know, this podcast is all about women's and our perspective on the world and how things affect us weird silver lining now this is also i think somewhat attributed to world war one but definitely the 1918 flu pandemic um also kind of added to this the uh, disease in general the virus in general affected more men than women and it created a shortage of labor So this gap actually enabled more women to enter the workforce. So between the effects of the pandemic and World War I, women made up 21% of the workforce by 1920. Go women. You go, girl. All the girls. All the girls who run the world. And that's
1: hilarious that you mentioned that because that actually kind of ties back to an idea of an episode that I have for a later date. So we'll come back to that fact.
0: I'm pumped to hear about that. It's going to be a surprise for everyone. Um, so how does COVID-19 kind of compare? Um, we obviously see a lot of similarities, like, in the sense of, like, the social distancing, the, you know, wash your hands and all that. It, it's, it is kind of funny to hear how a lot of the same techniques were used then um, that are now, although obviously much more delayed. Which, thank God for that, that now we're much more advanced and we put these policies in place sooner. Um, but there are a lot of significant differences between these two pandemics. So, first, first of all, and most obviously, COVID-19 is not influenza. So, both pandemics were caused by novel viruses, but they're two totally different types of viruses. So, like I said earlier, you're kind of comparing apples to oranges. Um, and then secondly, probably most importantly, the ability of researcher, researchers to marshal technology and science and quickly develop and test drugs for the disease has never been as strong as it is now. Um, I know that we've got people working around the clock to try to develop a vaccine for coronavirus or for COVID-19, excuse me. And, you know, you look back on the 1918 pandemic, they're thinking it's a bacteria so they're not even looking for an antiviral. They're not even looking for a vaccine treatment because the entire time it was happening, they're thinking it's bacteria. So we've just come so far as far as medicine and science go that people should people should feel a lot of comfort in that, knowing that we're at a place in society where we're working on a solution and we're able to actively work on a solution. Um, and I feel. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of
1: positivity around this subject not to get off topic but i I appreciate the fact that like even even advertisements right now are showing like we are working towards a solution
0: you know what i mean it's all very uplifting right um obviously we don't want to there's a level of um privilege that has to be addressed right so Mm -hmm. you and i we sit in our homes our beautiful homes we both own are lucky enough to own our homes Mm -hmm. we have internet we have cable we're both lucky enough even though i'm only working one day a week and literally still have not been able to file for unemployment even though i qualify and you're only working like two days a week we still technically are employed there are people that are that completely do not have the privileges that we oh, have. Yeah. Um, and that, that is where it like, it gets scary to me. Cause like we, we can sit back and say like, there's good coming of this. And like, it's nice to have a moment to breathe, to sit back, to reflect, you know, to kind of recenter yourself, but not everybody has those privileges. Um, but yes, it also, you know, acknowledging that there's a privilege associated with that it should not also be ignored that you can try to find good in everything and that you can try to take the good in this and try to extract like hope and, um, just stay as positive as you can, you know, while acknowledging also, like I said, that we're in a very privileged situation and that should not be ignored. Um, it's tough, you know, but it's, it is, it is nice to see how people have come together. I know for one, you know, you and I both work in hospitality. I've seen restaurants in the city where I live, you know, donating free meals and people really donating their time and their efforts to, to serve people and to give back and to keep people afloat. And it's just been, it, it is really great to see too, um, people that don't have much that are taking time and effort to, to help, you know with people that are in need right now. So, yeah. It does seem like everybody's kind of trying to come together, which is a really nice thing.
1: I will say and I apologize if this offends anybody, but I will say that one thing that has been a little bit frustrating for me is like the um the preface of almost every like social media post or every ad or every commercial, it's like we know these are hard times. But like it gets better and I'm just like everyone knows that this is a hard situation like let's just instead of prefacing like we don't like we know what's going on right you know let's just focus on the good stuff and focus on the future yeah I don't know I don't know
0: I think that's fair to say I think it's fair I mean you get tired of having it shoved in your face all the time Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and, and for people like us You and I both are very anxious people. Like how you said you've had to take a break from the news. I've had to do it too. Right. Um, You know, I try to stay as informed as I can. But at the end of the day, I'm keeping my head down. I'm working my one day a week for my company, remote from home. I'm going on walks with my dog. I'm binge watching shows on Netflix. I'm learning to cook new things I made tomato soup from scratch the other day like I'm I'm trying to just wait
1: I need to hear more about that yeah we'll sidebar on that later because it's
0: delicious yeah Um, but you know yeah I mean it's it's hard it's hard because you you don't want to be bombarded with the negativity yeah and and Um, it's
1: hard like I mean I'm sure I know there are a ton of different industries that are being affected right now but oh
0: absolutely but
1: I mean, hospitality, just as an example, just because you and I live in it every single day, mm-hmm. and we have a, a, the majority of our friends that and, that we work with. Like, we are all in the same boat and.
0: And unable to even submit our unemployment applications.
1: I, yeah, <laughs> it's like, crazy. It's disheartening, but.
0: It is. I want to okay. touch on something else that's interesting, just pulling it back to the. Um, 1918 that mm-hmm. i found this to be just a very 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 fascinating factoid i'm really feeling that word today well factoid okay. um, about how we have improved so much in knowing about like medicine and um so one of the primary ph- pharmaceutical treatments for the for the 1918 pandemic was aspirin so at the time medical professionals were recommending up to 30 grams of aspirin a day. We now know that's actually a toxic level dose. <gasps> so, aspirin poisoning symptoms do include hyperventilation and pulmonary edema. Edema? Did I have to ask my husband about this? That's called that's another fancy word for fluid in the lungs. Had no idea what that was.
1: Um, no. But
0: a lot of medical historians believe that the deaths from the 1918 flu pandemic were either caused or sometimes accelerated by aspirin poisoning crazy right because they just didn't know yeah so it's 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 a blessing that there's a lot we know now that we didn't know then um christine cruder johnson a uc davis professor of epidemiology and ecosystem health said that something to take into consideration for the 1918 pandemic is that the world was in the middle of a war and soldiers were of course spreading the virus globally by going back and forth people also lived in very crowded conditions and they had extremely poor hygiene hygiene at the time Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't, I didn't really think about people having... I didn't,
1: I didn't think about that either.
0: When I think of poor hygiene, I think like medieval times, like literally, but it's probably true that in 1918, people didn't know as much about like washing their hands and... They maybe, didn't they know as much
1: I'm sure there were less resources as well, like the, the plumbing, you oh, know, yeah, the... Oh, sure. Yeah. I
0: mean, outhouses, yeah, totally. So, yeah, sanitation and hygiene was probably much worse than we think that it was in 1918. Um, so just something to think about but Mm -hmm. of course on the other hand now we have a much more connected world when it comes to like air travel we also have more dense populations in general so it actually makes the spread of COVID-19 faster and easier for the virus to spread so you're kind of looking at two different factors once again apples and oranges that's kind of the bottom line here um so yeah I mean those those are really that's really the only ways I really wanted to compare the two, because like I said, I know that the COVID-19 is not over per se. So I didn't feel that it was, it made sense to compare like statistical numbers with it not being over yet.
1: That's still crazy though.
0: It is. It is crazy to think about the similarities and differences, just like where we're at in the world, where we were then. Um, And obviously, you know, what can we all do to stop the spread? Wash our hands, wear a face mask and glasses when you go to the store. Stay the f at home. Yeah, essentially, that's that's the the bottom line. I mean, you want to go out, you want to get your fifteen minutes of sunlight every day. Um, you want to zoom with your friends, talk to your mom, talk to your dad, call your best friend, start a podcast. This has certainly kept us busy <laughs> as we have been working under seriously reduced hours. It's kind of kept us from losing our minds. It's sort of a it gives project me something right
1: to look forward to every it week. It does.
0: It does. Find yeah. something. To look forward to read a book. I started reading Little Fires Everywhere. <gasps> Amazing.
1: Oh wait, did you watch it yet?
0: So, and I've never done this. I we are mid, you know, we we're watching the season like as the episodes are coming out. So I'll watch the new one tonight. We
1: so that means Brandon's watching it. Yeah, he's oh he's can a he text? Can he text Matt and tell him that he needs to watch?
0: Yeah, Brandon loves. Brandon loves all the Reese Witherspoon produced shows. I mean, Matt. He's like yes strong female characters i'm like no, yes every, this is why we got married
1: no literally i had this on the other day and matt was like so is this just like the big little lie show he thinks okay granted he, he honestly thinks it's gonna be he thinks every single thing that reese witherspoon's in is sweet alabama
0: but sometimes he's like he's like
1: when does she put her boots on
0: well it's a freaking great movie but she does she does play a similar character and Big Little Lies, and then Little Fires Everywhere. Like the characters oh. that she plays are are similar.
1: They are similar. Different time periods, which I will say, I had no idea Little Fires Little Fires Everywhere was set in the nineties. I and love I,
0: it. It's so the
1: first episode, I was yeah. I stood up. I was in my robe on the couch, comfy, wet hair.
0: You're probably like to... I had that that Disney plate. I
1: I was, <laughs> I kept walking closer and closer to the TV. Yeah, that was <laughs> and great. I was like. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And then they had the episode of Real World.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, you... oh yeah! yeah yeah <laughs> yeah! I died. <laughs> that <was good>. Oh. <gasps> well, I'm, really I'm, I'm in like chapter one-ish of the book. How's it going? It's, it's going.
1: I started um, Mind Hunters. <sighs> I know I Matt bought yet. it for me for Christmas, and I've been reading it. It's, it's April. <laughs> well I'm in chapter four
0: maybe we'll start this to be a new segment we'll do book reviews or not book reviews book recommendations I recommend little fires everywhere it's very good so far do you recommend Mindhunters?
1: so <laughs> I will preface with the fact that I'm not a big reader um and it's not because I don't know it's it's like a it's like an attention span thing for me um like I can read to fall asleep, like I'm really yeah. good at. Like I'll lay down and I'll start reading, like a few pages of my book. I will. I can get through three full pages, like front and back, and I'll pass out. Yeah, it's an attention span thing. It's like the the content. Yes, it's riveting, but it will not keep me awake.
0: Well, that's um, sometimes a good thing. It's better to read before you go to bed than to watch TV. That's it's so better for you. You got to read during... about
1: serial killers. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> Speaking of our next episode. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I think, about it for the 1918 pandemic. I hope you guys liked yeah. it. I hope you thought it was interesting. I hope I that. Hope you thought it was sick. Uh, you can edit that out. You
1: can edit out. No, that, out. that was it's punny. Tough. I'm leaving it in.
0: I like your pun action. Um, so if you guys have any thoughts, feelings, ideas for us, feel free to email spaghettiheadspodcast at outlook.com. We would love Follow to hear us. from you. Follow us on the Insta. Oh, yeah. On the Insta, Spaghetti Heads Podcast.
1: Or is it Pods? Spaghetti, spaghetti Heads
0: pods? Pods. pods Pod. Pod. Spaghetti Heads. Podcast. Spaghetti Heads podcast.
1: And on Instagram?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I didn't know that was the name of it.
0: It is. Okay. Great. All right. All right. Well, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>